on so many trips as a female solo traveler. Well, if you want to know how I can travel so much, you might want to check out World Packers. World Packers is the safest community for travel and volunteering. With World Packers, I can travel, collaborate, and make an impact going virtually anywhere in the world for close to nothing. We love that. All I do is type in a location and World Packers will list experiences I can browse through. With homestays and hostels to social causes or animal care, I can choose what I'm interested in and apply for a work exchange. You can even read through reviews to see past World Packers experiences and determine if it's a good fit. All you do is enter the dates and apply with a message to your host. World Packers has been an awesome way for me to meet other travelers, make new friends, go on endless adventures, explore the world, and learn about myself. I'm actually in Italy right now, and I can't wait to come to you live from Albania next. I already have my entire year planned, and you can see for yourself by creating an account at worldpackers.com. But be sure to use code Coletti to save $10 today. World Packers, where will you go next? believe my guest is in the building as I speak. Let me unmute her mic and get her in here with her beautiful self and let her introduce herself to the live broadcast listeners. Come on in. Call her with the last four numbers of 6416. Come on in and tell us who you are. Hi, Arlene. This is Lauren. How are you doing? Hey, Lauren. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, it's an honor having you here. Yes, indeed. Likewise, I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. No problem at all. What we'll do is how we normally started off is because we're audio only, and look, who am I to tell that to? We're talking to a host here ourselves, but I'm going to let her share that information and all that as she going. But what we do, Lauren, what we do is we reach back. Because we're audio only, let's go back. Tell us a little bit about Lauren before, uh, you know, doctoral candidate and trauma informed educator. Tell tell us a little bit about, you know, like childhood and bring us on up into today, the reason why we're here for tonight, okay? Shall we? Oh, I'd love to. Sure. That's a loaded question, but I'll do my best in as few words as possible. So (laughs) I'm born and raised in New York. I'm 29 years old. Um, I was born in Staten Island and then moved out to Long Island. So I've always lived in in New York my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. I was adopted. Um, my birth family is from Peru, and I was adopted and raised by two lovely parents. And I grew up in, you know, a nice neighborhood, had a fairly conventional life. And I did the whole adulting thing where you go to school and then you're told you need to get a college education. And I I tried to follow that timeline, Arlene, but frankly, it wasn't really working out for me, and I thought I was doing something wrong until I just found out that, you know, not everyone needs to follow the same life path, and everyone has Mm -hmm. a different purpose and timeline. So it wasn't until last year that I quit my 9-to-5 job and decided to start traveling the world by myself. And so now I am, you know, I'm a podcast host, I'm a yoga instructor, I am a Reiki practitioner, 
I am an author, I am, I'm all these things, but mostly I'm just a human being trying my best, making mistakes as I go and learning what makes me happy. Right. So in November of this year, I'm spreading my wings and I decided to move internationally. So I'm going to start a life in Spain. Hmm. Wow. Oh, yep. you get, you have you have got to come back and tell us about that as well. You know, come and update us oh, sometime in the future on that, guys. Now okay. I have a little bit of it right here, and I want to play some of it for the audience just to give you guys because I want you before Lauren could go out before we end the show. She's gonna give us all that beautiful information and stuff, how to get in touch with her, how to come and support her, and reach out to her and stuff like that. But in the meantime, I want to play something for you guys. Give me one second, Lauren. I just want them to hear this because when you go over there, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what you're going to hear, guys, because this is what I've heard. It's some beautiful um, information over there, and I want to share it with my live broadcast listeners, too, as well. But Lauren's going to, like I said, she's going to update us on plenty of this. But go ahead and roll that tape, please. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. We all thought. All in one place and for free, it's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here is how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that they are heard. Video pods are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take the conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, like ads and subscriptions. And best of all, it's free with no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Hey friends, welcome to Waking Up with Lauren Coletti. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. I am not going to lie to you guys. It has been a very funky week. And <laughs> I use the word funky because this is probably the fourth time that I have tried to record a podcast episode. <laughs> I tried last night, I tried the day before, and earlier this week. And I have deleted all of them because halfway through, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> No. Let me, okay, so I just, I'm going to stop right there. But I just wanted to, to get a glance of what Lauren's doing over there. And there's plenty more. I, there's more because I saw more. So uh, you guys, when yes, you get a chance, like, okay, go ahead, Lauren. I'm going to let you take it from there, okay? Since I done blew you up and stuff like that, I'm going to let you take it from there, okay? Give us, elaborate a little bit on that for a minute, will you? Oh, I'd love to, Arlene. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I started my podcast in 2020 um, mm-hmm. during break of COVID, uh, oddly enough, which actually a lot of people started podcasts around that time, so I know I'm not alone. But I just had a lot to say. And mm-hmm. I'm a very introverted person, so I tend to think a lot of things, but I don't speak a lot of things. And I just started talking to my computer as if I was – getting coffee with a friend, just catching up and venting and just putting it all out there. And I would just record it and put it out. Um, And I just noticed I really enjoyed doing it. It was super cathartic for me. And not only was it therapeutic, but I also started hearing from people online that connected with my content because, you know, there's hundreds and thousands of 
podcasting shows out there, I'm sure you know, as a, a creator yourself, um, mm-hmm. I think what I try to do with mine is something I don't appreciate so much about the online space nowadays is that everything looks and sounds perfect. And people are afraid to put anything out there if it's not cookie cutter or super edited and filtered. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have any of that. I, 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 my shows are unedited. They're 100% real, truthful, the ugly truth, authentic, because I wanted to let people know it's okay to be yourself. You don't have to try hard to be something you're not. And I've connected with so many people along the way that love that about my show because they told them it gave them permission to be themselves and make mistakes imperfectly. Right, right. Okay. So see, okay, so since you put it that way and and that I'm sitting here listening to you, wow, I feel kind of bad because I put a lot of pressure on my guests that come in. And this is everybody, and it's been going on for years. I'm like, (laughs) because I do, I want things, so you know what I'm going to say, right? I want everything just yeah. perfect for the listen. The listeners are more my, my target. They are a priority to me. So, and I want things perfect for them. So the guests that come on, I'm like, please, y'all got to get this right. Because see, I got to, I have to deal with that <laughs> backlash. I have to deal with the phone yeah. calls after the show, the texts during the show and all of this. You don't have to deal with, what did you say that to them for? Well, why did you ask them that question? And these are mostly the people that will not, you cannot get them to come on the show, but they're critics behind mm-hmm. the curtain. And, and you know what I'm saying? And most of those are family members, too. And they have a tendency of hurting my feelings. So that you brought this, like, wow, I feel bad because I'm like, guys, let's get this right. We got to get this right because I I need a show. I got to have listeners to bring you guys to. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I understand. And you're not alone. No, everyone has their own style. And I appreciate Absolutely. everyone's own unique creativity. And I completely understand the um keyboard warriors behind the screen and getting those comments, it is hurtful and it's hard to not take it personally. So I empathize with that. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So Lauren, when did you know, um, when did you know that you wanted to be a psychologist? Let's jump. We're going to go push a little forward. Okay. What time have we got? Let's see here. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. When did you know you wanted to be a psychologist and what interests you in studying psychology? Yeah, beautiful question. So I think I came into this world uh, wanting to be a psychologist. Honestly, there's nothing else I've ever wanted to do. So I knew before I was 10 years old that I wanted to be a psychologist. So the way that that looked, you know, changed throughout my life. I wanted to be a Mm -hmm. school psychologist and a neuropsychologist, forensic. But I I think I was just born wanting to help people. And there was never a time in my life where... I didn't have that healer complex, so I became interested in the mental health field um, because from an early age, I had pretty bad mental health issues. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think this was mostly genetic, you know, passed down from me from so much generational trauma, but since I also experienced a lot of adversity early on, it kind of made me the prime candidate for mental health problems, even as a kid, so... I took an interest in self-help and self-development by the time I could read, and I was really eager to try to learn to better understand myself, why I felt the way I felt, and why people act the way they do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's easy, too. That I mean, here we go again. If you're coming from life experience, especially when we go back 
to when we were, you know, our youth and children and stuff like that. I shared, uh, you know, how I become an author, how I thought the whole purpose, sole purpose for me becoming an author of three published books on Terry E. Lyle's mm-hmm. talk show here with Blog Talk. I shared 45 minutes of that, and I think it was truly Barbie dolls, how I played with those Barbie dolls for so long. I played with them from, you know, first grade up until I was 15 years old. Barbie dolls. So then I began mm-hmm. to, uh, when I put the dolls away, then I began to write those stories and create stories too, like that. So you mm-hmm. write. Um, it started yeah. off at an early age, you know, uh huh. Yeah. Even with those yeah, dolls. So nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and you know what? Yeah, even, even with those dolls, I remember having like one of the mothers, because we had a whole family, you know, mother, father, children, mm-hmm. and, and even friends down the street. We had a whole bunch of Barbie dolls, and we just created all day long. So I remember one of the mothers was a nurse. So you're right. Uh, you know, that can go way back then. Because uh, I remember this television show my mother used to watch on TV. So my doll was a nurse in that television show. I used to see my mother watching ride. So it starts at an early mm-hmm. age, imagination, and then uh, mm-hmm. then also trauma, personal, you know, trauma or mm-hmm. all the experiences is real. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I miss those days playing with my dolls. <laughs> you do? Oh, my God. We get a lot in common. I had Brad dolls. <laughs> oh, no. So, but did you get yeah, a chance to dress the them up with the clo- clothing and stuff like uh, that? Did you get... Love, love her so much. The Brad oh, so... trolls, the Polly Pockets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the girly girls. Me, too. Yeah, and, you know, fun. I want to Share. I want to share right quickly, too, is that, and then as I became an adult and I had a daughter, guess what I was doing? I was on my knees playing Barbie dolls with her. And I did it for a long time until she was at least nine or ten years old. I played Barbie dolls with her. When I came home rushing from work, from the hospital, oh. rushing from work to play dolls with my, my daughter. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I hope that you guys go see the Barbie movie in theaters now. <laughs> we did for a minute, but then, of course, as she got became an adult, she went her way. We still laugh and talk about yeah. it. We'll laugh and talk about it. I think it's a beautiful thing. It was like a bonding between, because even when she became an adult, and sometime when I, I come home from work and we had to sit down at the table and eat time, she would do my nails. She would, you know, wow. she was into cosmetology and hair. She would do my hair and nails. In turn, I would do hers. So there was a little bonding in that. And then I began to write about it in books. So we went our separate ways that way, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was beautiful. beautiful. Uh, yes. Yeah, it is beautiful. Okay. So what are the most rewarding and challenging aspects of your work? Can you explain that to us? Yeah, definitely. So I think with any helping profession, you know, the most rewarding is making people feel important, helping people mm-hmm. to realize that someone care about them genuinely and they matter. Because at the end of the day, the biggest core need of all of us is to feel loved and like we belong. So yes. the most rewarding part of my work is allowing people to feel accepted in their brightest and darkest moments, you know, making a positive difference in their life by helping them feel less alone. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, the most challenging aspect 
and this doesn't go, you know, just for me. This goes for everyone. No matter how hard you try, you just can't change people. And you cannot yes. really save anyone from themselves. You, you know, you can give someone all the tools and all the support, but it's up to them to do the work. As they say, you could lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So yep. it's, it's frustrating and can be discouraging at times because you can see all the potential in the world, but recovery is ultimately a personal choice and they have to want to get better for themselves. You can't want something for someone. Absolutely. And say you do experience one of those worst days. How do you recover? What's your kickback? How do you come back? Lauren, how do she come back from a, a experience like that with somebody? How do you, you know? Yeah. When I'm having a bad day myself, yes. how do I, <laughs> how do I recoup? So (laughs) I used, this has recently changed for me, Arlene. So I used to distract myself and sometimes I, you know, call a friend or watch a movie, which is is still super helpful for a lot of people. But now I've just kind of given myself permission to feel bad, you know, cry it out, Mm. scream, punch a pillow. I've learned in my older age to stop trying to push emotions down because then they're just going to resurface at a later time. Right. So mm-hmm. I just let them come up. And, and when I come, when they come up, it feels super overwhelming. It feels so uncomfortable, but then in five minutes, maybe five hours, I'm like, wow, all right, I'm over it. I'm okay. And I can move on about my day. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. That's wonderful that you're able to see the triggers and know it. But you know what? I can see that. I can see that, too. Like in the hospitals and nursing homes is was a thing for me just all throughout, seemed like my whole entire life from high school on up and still to today. Uh, the thing about it is that in the nursing homes, early in the morning from 7 to 3 in the afternoon, that shift, when we go in, of course, through the night, we have the bed wetting and stuff like that. So my shift, when we come in, we have to get ready to clean everybody up and get them ready for breakfast. So what really gave me great joy out of going in there is like when I walk in a room, you may have three beds, three patients in one or residents in one room, and everybody needs to be, how can I use this in a nice way? Uh, you know, you have to groom. You have to groom them. You have to get them ready. You have to, I don't want to say clean uh, <laughs> but you got to, we have to, yeah. because over, you know what I'm saying, right? So my great joy with that through a whole lot of years was when I walk in that room, okay, you know, you're going to have a little older stuff like that. Okay. You put your gloves on, hats and gowns and everything and get ready. My enjoyment after you do your work is when you're on your way out and you stop at that mm-hmm. door and turn around and look back and you see the smiles and you smell that fresh air, bed, linen are changed. That's, it just did me such a great joy. I turn around and look back to do that double take on that room and those patients to make sure everybody's ready to start their day. And that's what gave me great joy, I'm telling you. And it, took the, it just took the, 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 any bad day or bad t- challenges, it just erased them and put that happy smile on that whole week to just feel something like that, mm-hmm. knowing that they're happy now, they're they're smiling now, and I was the cause of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> that's, I just, yeah, yeah, that's the best feeling in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, is your life, Lauren, 
Is your life different than how you pictured it 10 years ago? And what advice would you have given yourself at that time? Did I say that right? (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. It's 110,000% different. I don't don't think life always works out the way we think it will in our heads. Nothing usually Mm -hmm. ever goes as planned. So, you know, 10 years ago, I was... I was really struggling. If you would have told me that I'd still be alive at 29, I really would not have believed you. So I'm just amazed every single day that I've gotten through everything I've endured. And when you get into your early 30s, you know, sometimes you tend to compare yourself to others. Oh, my friends are getting engaged. These people are having kids. Mm -hmm. And we can be our own worst critic where we think of everything we haven't accomplished yet. But Lately, I've just been trying to write down all the things I have achieved, you know, to change the perspective. I thought I wanted this big life where I'd be a best-selling author and move here and have a ton of money. And after this last year, after traveling Europe by myself, I've come to realize that all I really want is a simple life, you know. The the easy things, health, happiness, love, family, that's all I need. And I think that joy can look completely different to everyone. And abundance Mm -hmm. comes in so many forms. But at the end of the day, all I really want right now is to be surrounded by good people, to feel fulfilled in my work, and to live a free life. So my biggest goal right now, you know, is to plant my roots and hopefully raise a family in the next 10 years and I still dream of being a New York Times author and I want to continue with the psychology but as long as I do something I'm passionate about and it has meaning Mm -hmm. to me where I'm serving others I really don't care what that looks like so the advice that I would give myself is one learn to say no start standing up for yourself and stop ignoring your intuition I think Mm -hmm. so often we look to us for advice or we seek answers outside of us when really we already have all the answers that we've been looking for. We just need to connect with that inner wisdom. It's like your very own GPS system. You know, it's pretty neat. So that's the advice I would give to myself. Right, right. Wow. And you know, you sound like me too. Uh, Not now, but then. I didn't. I didn't know how to say no either. And it went on for a long time. It went on for a very long time. Still, sometimes I get choked up, even at the age that I <clears throat> years old that I am now, I still have a problem <laughs> with saying no, especially if I think it's going to hurt somebody. I'm just the type of person that mm-hmm. I don't want to, I want I'm like you, I want to see everybody happy. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. and for me to have made somebody uh, unhappy, dissatisfied or something like that, it, it bothers me sometimes. So, therefore, sometimes it's kind of hard to say no. I think I have to be mad to say no. You know, (laughs) it could. Do you think that's a problem? That's a problem, right? I have to be mad to say no. I don't think it's, it's, I completely relate, Arlene. I don't think it's a problem. I think that it's, it's a learned behavior that's, passed down to us and especially as people that are compassionate and empathetic you don't want to hurt people's feelings so you sacrifice your own at your own expense and I think I've always said you know if and when I have a daughter the first thing I'll teach her is that if you have to choose between disappointing someone else or disappointing yourself I would always tell her disappoint someone else because the worst betrayal we can have is when we abandon ourselves 
and you can never yeah. make everyone happy. At the end of the day, it's your responsibility to never leave yourself and to stay true to you. Absolutely. And you know what? You hit the key word, too. You said, if I have a daughter, I'm going to teach her how to say no. I wish my mom could have uh, said those words to me. And if you're out there yeah. listening in, any parents that are out there, if you have daughters, because I'm going to tell you that it's actually for boys as well as girls, but I'm going to say especially girls because I went through it and I did things. I'm not going to go into grave details, but I did things because I didn't know how to say no. Knowing good and well inside, deep down inside of my soul, I didn't want to, but I didn't want to say no and that's to little boys you know i call them little boys but they were you know like you know pretty close to adults because that's when it, yeah. it, it first got started that's when it first got started i didn't know how to say no i didn't even know how yeah. to you know what i'm saying and then i coming up in a house full of you know like my father and five brothers god looked like i mean i didn't have that problem in the home at all not that I can remember, but it looked like I should have been able to have stuck my chest out. Wait a minute, I'm gonna go get my brother on you. If you if you do that again, I'm gonna go. But I didn't know how to say. I just, you know, I went along with the program. I just knowing it was like ill, you know, you know. So yes, that's key word, ladies. If you're out there, please talk to your daughters and let them know that it's okay to say no if you're not feeling this. Just say no and then turn and walk away, go on about your business because that that can that's traumatizing. You know? It just, is. It is. Amen. So much sympathy for you, Arlene. Me too. And I, I think that for, essentially as women, you know, we, we are yes. born into this thinking we please other people and then feel guilty for taking care of ourselves and really that's the right. opposite. Yeah. Mhm. And then we have to grow to love ourselves. But others, like you said, you said earlier too. I see something in them that, you know, maybe that's what they did. Then they saw something in us, and a lot of people took advantage of that. And look, I want this, mm-hmm. and I want this right now. And so, and then by you not knowing to know and stand up and mean that, stand firm and know, I don't, I don't feel right with that. I don't feel, you know. So, yeah, we have to yeah. uh, talk. Mm-hmm. We have to talk because um, it, can, it can make a great, a deep, a deep impact coming up because now it's totally changed with me now, Lauren. It's turned. I mean, I will uh, go get my shotgun if I have to and tell you I mean <laughs> no, and that's what I mean. I said no. Back up. <laughs> See, it's, it's totally Good changed now. See? <laughs> yeah. I love yes, to hear indeed. that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yes, so work in progress. In yeah. Exactly. You hit it on the nail once again. That's right. Work in progress. That's right. Yes. So what are you? No is a complete sentence. Yes. Yes, indeed. You have non-negotiables, don't you? Absolutely. I think we all should have non-negotiables. Thank you. That's right. I'm going to let you go into details on that one. All right. So my (laughs) non-negotiables, what does that mean? So these essentially are non-negotiables, are things that we require to keep ourselves well emotionally, relationally, physically. So for me, 
every day I need to go out on a date with myself every single day. And and mm. does this mean I take myself to dinner, go on lavish? No. For me, of course, that's what it could mean. But for me, mm-hmm. it means just carving time out in my day to be alone with myself, doing something I enjoy. So my self-care routine, I think this literally saved my life, dedicating myself to meditation, journaling, exercise, nature, yoga, every day, whatever it is for you. It could be art. It could be a movie. It, it doesn't have to be five hours a day. I know we're all super busy. It can even just be five minutes or 15 minutes. But mm-hmm. these rituals where we balance ourselves, we find our center, we're able to reflect in a fun, pleasurable, grounding way um, have really been the core at the root of me being able to recover and maintain my mental health, my physical health, um, so I think we should all have non-negotiables for ourselves and then with others, right? So when it comes to others in my relationships, my non-negotiable, for example, is authenticity and communication. We hear everyone say communication, communication is key, but nobody, at least, you know, nobody does it or they don't know how to do it effectively. So for me, this means that if I cannot be truthful with you, if you mm-hmm. don't honor my voice, then the relationship is a path for me. And, of course, there's brutal honesty, and we're not aiming for that, right? We're not aiming to be cruel. But if Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to be real with you, if our relationship doesn't feel safe enough for me to express myself in a transparent way, then I really need to take a step back and either set boundaries or completely remove the person from my life. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree 1,000%. Beautiful, well put too. I agree. Thank you. And but we haven't always. Again, we haven't always seen it that way, though. Prog, like you said, (laughs) that had to come (laughs) later on because it wasn't like that always. But that's with everybody, though. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, this isn't linear. It's not zero to a hundred. We don't wake up one day and know all these Mm -hmm. things, and we never do. You know our habits again. I think it's a process of hitting our head against the wall so many times until one day we start to learn what works for us and what isn't serving (laughs) us anymore. Wouldn't it be nice though if we could just wake up? Well, no, I take that back. If we could be born, Jesus, and just skip all the process and get straight to the, you know, the point. My God, it'd be so much better. Jesus, no room <laughs> for growth. Sure. <laughs> no, no yes, room for no growth. room for growth. It's true. That's true. That's true. Perfect <laughs> is boring. I always say that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So, in what ways do you see trauma today? We're going to talk talk a little bit about today and in this society, this world of our hours we live in. You know, and through the lens, the eye lens of Lauren, in what ways do you see trauma impacting our world today? Oh, yeah. In, in so many ways. I, I think, yeah. especially in the last years, uh, the majority of us, if not all of us, are walking around with some sort of trauma, hmm. whether it's a huge catastrophe or it's something that isn't you know, seemingly validated in society. We, we have these walls that we've built up, knowingly or unknowingly, in attempts to protect ourselves. I feel like so many people are walking around triggered constantly, even mm. subconsciously 
and it, it causes them, it causes us to project that internal internal turmoil onto others because yes. they're unaware of what's happening inside of them emotionally. So we bypass our feelings, and that becomes defensiveness, reactivity, judgment, fear. It's so much easier to vilify or get angry at, blame another person yes. than it is to be vulnerable and say, I'm hurt, I'm afraid, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm mm-hmm. scared. So as a result, we wear a mask, a mask that was given to us or we, we adapted over time, we learned we had to wear in order to be accepted, approved of, fill in the blank. Uh, I know for me personally this manifested as the belief that I need to be and look perfect in order to be loved, and mm-hmm. this results in people walking around totally inauthentically, pretending to be someone or something other than what and who they truly are to avoid the crippling anxiety of possibly being seen or rejected or found out. So to wrap up, we we need to stop pretending like we don't care, that we're too cool, that crying is is a weakness. I I don't think crying is a weakness. I think vulnerability Mm -hmm. takes courage. Yes. Our our culture is emotionally phobic and has so many of us brainwashed to be repulsed by sensitivity, repulsed by people that care and love. A big heart isn't a flaw. It's beautiful. It's a blessing. Mm -hmm. So don't let anyone anyone take that from you ever. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that it has anything, anything at all, just a scotia, a tiny bit of, you know, have anything to do with food, air, water, uh, you know, because, I mean, it has to be a worldwide thing because it's everywhere in almost everybody. You can't, I don't Mm -hmm. think there's no place you can go and not find everything you just named that you see inside of us. Nowhere. You can't say, well, over here on this, uh, what is it that the Indians, over here in this tribe over here, over here in this country, over here in this, there's none of that. It's there too. So therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking air, food, water, uh, maybe even clothing or (laughs) the ground. Yeah. at least yeah, the, everything is okay. everything. Yeah, we're all we're all connected. I I know it doesn't feel that way sometimes, but I I think mm-hmm. that everyone is is connected to each other. Uh, we're all one essentially, and what happens to one person is a domino effect. Everything affects right. everything. So for sure, it's our air, it's our water, it's our food. I know that a lot of water, the air, the food is intoxicated. It's polluted. It's 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 hard to get away from it, and I don't think mm-hmm. we can ever fully separate ourselves from that completely unless we move to Mars or something like that. But realistically, all we can do is the best that we can, and that's more than enough, right. at least for, for right <laughs> Absolutely. And it started with ourselves. If we just start, don't worry about your neighbors. Don't worry about politics. Don't worry about the people on the radio stations. Don't worry about people in, in, in show business. Let's just start with ourselves. Let's do something right by humanity, you know, our own self, and watch that domino effect. 
how could we get yeah. <laughs> it'd be so great if we could just do that and let the dominoes begin to clash i'm telling you because this is on some positive stuff god it's just, oh yeah I, I always say arlene i always say if only we cared uh, as much about other people as we did our like count on social media right. then the world would be such a better place if we we cared about humanity the way that we care about what other people are doing <laughs> mm-hmm. so do you believe do you believe if all of that was taken away and say for instance we just go back for for a little while to like little house on the prairie living like in those days and stuff like that, you know, where we carry the water, we don't have to turn a faucet on. We just go back off the grid, put away Wi-Fi yeah. phones and stuff like that, and just love each other. When we see your brother and sister, hug them and kiss them instead of talking far away. On a, I, I truly believe that. I believe it. Now, I know Wi-Fi and all this technology, modern-day technology, have a, a deep impact on some positive stuff. But the negative yeah. stands out so tough mm-hmm. that it's hard to find the positive. Yeah. It's so it's kind of hard to find oh. what's positive. Oh yeah, I think that each each century, each generation has its own host of issues, right? And and living yeah. in the 21st century, especially as as you know me, I'm American. I'm super super privileged, but I think that each century has its own set of issues, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with that said, the closer we can get to nature, the way yes. that nature intended, the 100% the better. Yes, indeed. I just truly believe it. Because, you know, nature is, is God. That's one of, that's God's it's, characteristic. Uh, characteristic. Yes. That's, uh-huh. yeah. I agree, 100%. Absolutely. Okay, guys, 563-999-3618. Get on in here and say hello to my guest because we are coming up to the hour. Come on in and say hello. Introduce yourself, okay, to Miss Lauren R. Is it Coletti or Coletti? Coletti, correct, yeah. (laughs) Great, great. All right. I have another question for you right quickly, and this is about issues again of today, but with the younger people, what do you think is the biggest mental health issue today? I mean, you covered so much already, and you did elaborate on some of that was in there already, but let's go dive in a little bit deeper, okay? Tell us what do you think is the biggest mental health issue today in our young people? Yeah, so I'm going to piggyback off of what you were just saying, Arlene. I I 100% think it's social media. We can see the lasting Mm. impact that it's had on our youth. And it honestly hasn't even really been around for all that long, what, like 20 years or so? Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) thankful that I grew up before TikTok and Instagram. I think the biggest thing we had when I was growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s was MySpace. And then we had oh, Facebook wow. when I was in high school. Snapchat hadn't even come out. I'm, I'm dating myself. But, yeah, I think the kids these days really do have it hard with all the bullying. And even yeah. the dating apps are super harmful because we're all so detached from each other. No one knows how to talk to or even look at each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Communication skills are hardly there. 
And, and it is ironic because we're all more connected now than ever before. We have the world at our fingertips, and yet the epidemic of loneliness is at the highest, and it continues to rise with rates of eating disorders, suicide increasing more yes. and more every year in adolescents. It's, it's really disturbing, but even in adults we see this. The people are so hyper-focused and fixated, even addicted to their phones. No one knows how to just be. We're all Mm -hmm. lacking presence and the ability to just sit with each other and ourselves at the very least. We've become so accustomed to instant gratification, immediate validation, distraction, numbing, treating people like they're disposable. I I could talk about this all day long. And what you were saying, it's not the devil, obviously. Our phones have so many upsides, but what we're missing is the ability to use these things appropriately in mm-hmm. moderation because thing in extremes is harmful. Uh, for me personally, I set a limit for the apps. No longer than 30 minutes a day and that's yes. it. It kicks you off after <laughs> I don't think anyone should be on Instagram or whatever longer than an hour in a day. It just becomes <laughs> excessive. And it, it becomes so easy to Beautiful. get lost. It's like a form of association, the, the doom scrolling. So yes. I don't think that it helps the, the kids. I think it's it's more detrimental than anything else at this point. And and, and, and the, the, oh, God, the sad part about it is that they're not even going to stop it. They're not even going to try to stop it. It's so much more beneficiary to the, uh, what do you call these people? Um, oh, my God. Come on. You know, Big Tech is so... Mm-hmm. Beneficiary. I don't care how much money is in their pocket already, but hey, I know it's destroying the kids, but it's continuing to put money in our pocket, give us more power, and 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 this and that. Mm-hmm. So let's let it go. So I look back at scripture. I'm a firm believer in scripture, Lauren. I am. So I look back at that. Uh, these things are going to happen. You know, love is going to grow cold towards the end, and that's what's going to really like kick in because. Money is a root of all evil, so that's what it's going to be all about. It's going to be all about money. That's all people are going to see is money, 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 and it's going to take over love. Exactly what Scripture tells us, that love will grow cold. And you could see it if you just, if everybody just open up their eyes and see that this is exactly what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. shame. It really is. <laughs> and, we, and we can't teach how how can we teach the youth if we're locked into that ourselves? The only thing we can teach oh, them yeah. is how, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to set the example. Children right. learn by example. They don't by us telling them to do things. That's right. Absolutely. That old yeah. saying used to be when we were young, don't do what I say, do. Do what I, wait a minute, oh, God, let me see if I can get it. Yeah, but it didn't work. It didn't work at all. It didn't even work with my children, so it didn't work with me when I was, my mother sitting up telling me, don't do something, but I see you doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think it needs to be drastic, right? It doesn't have to be, you can never use your phone again. It could just be, let's sit down and eat dinner as a family Why? for 30 minutes without cell phones. Absolutely. <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> it, I think yeah. it'll do good. I think it'll do good. Yeah. Yes. I agree. But we all, I see. Yep. Mm-hmm, all as adults, I have to stick together on that. That's if we want to keep social media as a, you know, 
and get the positive out of it. I think it. I think it'll work. Yeah. You know, because it, it is. Yeah, a, it, it a good be help. a pastime. It shouldn't be someone's whole life. You know, right? But a lot of people just get so sucked into it. It, it becomes their whole day. They're just on right. the phone. Whole day. Whole day. Mm-hmm. You can get on the train. Now you say you're from here in New York too, as well, right? Yes, I'm from New Have, York. I, um, I don't know when the last time I've been on a train, but this was maybe oh god, maybe about eight nine years ago. I got on a train, and you see everybody's head down. Nobody's looking up or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's in their phone. Nobody's looking at nobody. Nobody. Yeah, that's, that's- Crazy yeah, buses. it's even worse than it was eight years ago. <laughs> yes, of course, of course it is. I'm afraid yeah. to. I'm afraid to get on the trains, public transportation. <laughs> you know, that's how bad it is. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, so, Lauren, <laughs> what would you say to anyone struggling with emotional health, or in an unhappy or unhealthy partnership? Let's. Let's dive into a little bit deeper into the partnership thingy here. Before how much time we have? Yes, we still got a few more minutes. Partnership, Lauren. Yeah. So uh, relationships. I always say that if you're in an unhappy marriage, friendship, even relationships should not feel like an escape room. So what I mean by that is if you find yourself in a relationship, only thinking about how you can exit the relationship the whole time, it's probably not healthy, and you need to leave. Oh, my God. You know, relationships are not meant to be obstacle courses, and that doesn't yes. mean that they're going to be easy, but it should be simple. The people in your life should make you feel better about yourself. So if you find a majority of the people in your life bring you down, it's really time to start reevaluating what you're getting from these relationships and why you stay in them. Absolutely. Lauren, I just love the way you started that off, that answer off. <laughs> if you find yourself looking for escape, <laughs> I don't know. It just, I pictured it. I saw it so clearly when you said that. But a lot of people are out there dealing with that, trying to find that exit door. Come on, man. That cannot be a positive relationship. Nope. nope. And I, I only say that because I've been there. I have been there. So it's, oh, okay. it's no judgment whatsoever. I know how difficult it is, but relationships really shouldn't be a maze, okay? It should be mm-hmm. mutual love, mutual respect. It, it shouldn't be you're constantly walking on eggshells and worrying and fighting. Right. If you find yourself crying more than 50% of the time, it's probably not a happy partnership to be in. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I don't know, I guess I just, because me too, I found myself in several different situations like that, especially with my first marriage. Sure. I didn't know anything what I was doing at 23 years old. So, of course, there None were, I think, right, and there we go again. Remember how we was talking about early, we love to skip the, uh, um, had we just mm-hmm. was just born with that instinct and and at 23 years old and talked into marriage and we knew all the details and stuff then didn't have to learn it but if we could have just skipped all of that and went straight to the real marriage at 23 years old picket fence nice cars beautiful uh or you know 
bank account, husband and wife, children, if we could have just skipped all that nonsense. But it's what's going to bring us up to who we are today. I can understand. Don't like it. Don't like it. But it's going to make us who we are, you know, men and women of who we are. Oh, yeah. I think that the challenges in our lives, they teach us what we want, what we don't want. They teach us our resilience, how to be brave. And and I always said to Arlene, I said, if I could help even one person from what I've been through, it would have been all worth it to me. And I think that in life we have two options. We can allow our experience to turn us into a bitter victim or we can use our adversities to make us better. And what you think is your biggest weakness can become your greatest strength, but only you have the choice to turn your pain into your power. Mm. Well said. That's right. Very well said. All right. Thank you. Okay. So, all right. What is one tip? you may have for everyone to enhance their psychological wellness, okay, that yeah. they can do today, that which they can do today. And I don't have to wait till tomorrow. Don't have to wait until they save up some money. Don't wait and have to go mm-hmm. and take a trip and fly to uh, Europe or whatever to <laughs> do these things. They can do, <laughs> they can do this today, yeah. right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right now. It, it goes back for what's worked for me, for, for what I was saying earlier. Find your inner peace, whatever mm-hmm. form that means for you, whether it's a run in the morning or whether it's a cup of tea before bedtime. You need to do something every day that allows you to connect with inner you, with your inner joy, whether it's five minutes or five hours. Find that safe place and go there. Don't let anyone take this from you. Don't let anybody tell you that you're selfish for doing so. It's okay to prioritize yourself because when you take care of you, you're more equipped to impact those around you in a positive way. And not only that, like we were saying before, set an example for your loved ones to do the same because when we're all a little bit healthier inside and outside, the world is a happier place overall. Yes, indeed. God, yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. And it'll show. You can smell it, breathe it in, taste it, touch it. You'll see the difference. You know what I do? I'm going to share with everybody. It's music. I notice how mm-hmm. even back in the day with, uh, I'm going to say Barbie dolls slash music, because there come a time when we did have, we put the dolls to the side for a minute, especially when, uh, you know, we had to go to church. So, of course, we couldn't take those dolls to church with us. So I had to, we, and then we had to go to school. We had to do other things. But on our spare time, it'd be hours and hours and sometimes days of those Barbie dolls. It was the most uh, time it was. But then again, there was music. We made steps up, you know, as little girls. Okay, dancing, dancing, dance machine, Michael, Michael, Michael Jackson. Once you get that, once you get that, do, do, do. I remember that. And we're all of us in the, us girls in the living room. No, step two steps to the right, then turn around and put the feet to the left. And we're okay. Start the music mm-hmm. all over, and we're doing it dancing. dancing. <laughs> once you get down, you get down. <laughs> and I remember that oh, so yeah. well. So even till today, I live alone with, with my animals, and uh, I play music all day long. If it's just a radio, or either 
uh, my shows here. I have surround sounds and all my shows. I like to listen to them. If I don't listen to this one tonight, I'll definitely be listening to it tomorrow. There's music all through the house, in the bathroom, if you want to sit in the tub, in the kitchen if you want to cook. So music has been a passion for me as well. So I do that, and I notice I can drown out any bad day. You shared, uh, Lauren, you shared a bad day and what, how you get through that and stuff like that. But mine is always music. because I, I mean, I could go buy some Barbie dolls. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I, I've, I've grown out of them. And, you know, but I've held on to the music, and the music does me a world of good. So, guys, what I'm sharing that for is because for those of you out there listening in, Lauren is, you guys know it, she's 1,000% correct. Find something that gives you great joy, something that will hit that soul for you. Don't worry about that next person, how it will impact them or affect them. Worry about how it makes you feel. And if it makes you feel beautiful and lovely inside, hold that right there. And when those days come, set it off. Set it off. Push that button and set it off. If it's music, whatever it is, play that and watch how much better you know, you'll feel it could help. We got to put that filet mignon on our plates. Rake off that spoiled chicken and rotten fish off of your plate and start putting <laughs> something on there that's going to mean something, right, Lauren? That's going to help. Oh, yeah. Find your happy place. Treat yourself like you treat your child. That's you right. know, that's, lighten the mm-hmm. load that in something, something to you. It makes the world of a difference. That's right. Absolutely. So, okay, we're coming up to the hour. Guys, we have a few minutes, but I have another question for Lauren, and um, then Lauren is going to go ahead and leave us her information, everything, any um, emails, social media websites, uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, any phone numbers, GoFundMe pages, wonderful things, all those wonderful things about your beautiful, lovely self. You're going to leave that right here on the Orleans PowerPoint 103.5 so that it'll be ringing in the ears of our live broadcast listeners because, like I said, they're very important to me. They're my babies out there, and I love delivering that filet mignon to my audience. And we (laughs) definitely had that filet mignon here tonight, guys, and I know you're out there listening. I know you hear it. Yes, right. All right, Lauren, what is a book? Okay, and movie that you changed your life. You share so much with us, God, and I see this impacting. I let me just go ahead, okay? I see it. What is a book and a movie that changed your life that you can suggest to the live broadcast listeners? Oh yeah, I'm such a nerd, so I, I love reading a book <laughs> that I recently discovered that I've read at least six times. Is called Becoming the One by Shalina Ayana, and it's a book on healing from traumatic relationships through self-love, and I, I suggest it to every and anyone that's in mm-hmm. relationships with other human beings, which is basically all of us. Um, so for a movie, a movie that really moved me is called The Shack, and it's based on a book, The Shack. It's a spiritual movie on, uh, you know, relationships with a higher power after something, you know, traumatic happens to you. It, it deeply touched me, and I've watched it so many times. So 
for both becoming the one and for moving mm-hmm. Shack. The Shack, and you said S H A K E. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I think it's S H A C K. C K. Right. Okay. And Lawrence, spell beautiful her name. Movie. Spell her name again. Oh yeah, her name. The author. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's Shalina. So it's S H E L E A N A, and her last okay. name is Ayana, and it's A I Y A N A. Got it. Ayana. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, and you could find this book, coming, um, Becoming the One, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble's bookstores? Everywhere. Yep, everywhere. Everywhere. Great. Wonderful. Okay, guys, you heard it. You heard it right here on the Orleans PowerPoint 103.5. That's it. All right, Lauren. Any last-minute statements? Because we're going to go ahead and get out. We've come up to the hour. And um, if there's anything you want to share with the live broadcast listeners, please feel free to go ahead and do so. And right after you share your last-minute statement, take your time. We're not in a rush. Just share something coming from your thoughts, your views, your opinions, coming from Ms. Lauren R. Coletti. Coletti. I'm sorry, Coletti. And then go ahead and leave your information, and then we'll go ahead and close out, okay? The mic is in your hand, beloved. All right. So I want to end by saying that what happened to you, everything that has happened to you was also happening for you. And all that time in those moments, you were building strength. And as Oprah Winfrey says, strength times strength, times strength equals power. So what happens to you can be your power. Hmm, that is beautiful. Wonderful. Okay. Lauren, go ahead and leave any email addresses, anything that you want the live broadcast to know about you, how they can get in touch touch with you, support you, and just come over there and see, check you out and see what you're doing. Leave all that information here with us, okay? And then we'll go ahead and close out. Yeah, so my main hub is my website. That's lmcoletti.com. There you can find my monthly blog, my podcast, my book. You can find ways to work with me. Um, so that's lmcoletti.com. Um, the only social media I have is, is Instagram. That's just my name, Lauren M. Coletti. And I have a, a new book, my fifth book, coming out called Born with a Broken Heart. It's coming out this month. And also the biggest thing right now going on with me is I do mental health mentoring. So if you aren't into, you know, you can't afford therapy or you're not sure if therapy is right for you, I have therapeutic coaching. And I specialize in helping people struggling with dysfunctional relationships, dating again after a toxic relationship. And I also teach psychoeducation for teens, adolescents, and young adults. Um, But just know that if you're not open to work with me, there are so many resources out there for everyone to seek help if they need it. 